25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey! <laughs> What's up? I'm Matt. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. That is is uh, Farm Bureau, your home team. Hey, are you interested in uh, attending the college football playoff in New Orleans at the Superdome? Yep. The 2020 college football playoff national championship is at the Superdome in New Orleans. Roger, is that something you'd like to go to? I'd want to go see something like that. I mean, really. <laughs> of course. Picking up your sarcasm. Well, and I should a, hope so because I'm I'm a medium-level football fan. You know, I'm not yeah. even – yeah, you don't have to be much of a fan to take it. I want to go see that. Yeah, I just saw – I mean, right here as the show was beginning, I just saw this tweet come through from the official college football playoff Twitter account. Now, let me say, I have turned my notifications off, so it wasn't a notification that got my attention. I just happened to have Twitter up. I'm looking at it. And the tweet came through, and it says, can't wait for 2020 New Orleans. The hashtag for this event is hashtag 2020NOLA. It says, don't miss your chance to enter the random ticket drawing for the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. Act fast. Applications will be accepted through May 31st. So you can apparently just win. In a random drawing. So I'm going to click on it here see what it says. Look at this. Look at this. It pulls up this form. College football playoff random drawing ticket application. What a name. Seven words. College football playoff random drawing ticket application. It's lottery to buy, isn't it? Well. I don't, I don't mean to. I don't, know, I don't want to tell you. See, I, yeah, I thought it was a giveaway. Yeah, that's good marketing, isn't it? Well, and, and look, you're already committed to the idea by the time you get there. <laughs> um, let's see. One of the 10 of the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship at Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana? Question mark? I'm Ron Burgundy. Hey, I know it's bad radio to read stuff on the radio. I'm just giving you the details in this form if you go click that link. Fill out the form below. To enter the college football playoff random drawing and college football playoff, all access selected fans with a valid completed entry will be notified of an exclusive opportunity to purchase <laughs> up to four 
face value tickets to the national championship game on January 13, 2020. You said it, Roger. It just goes to show you, you got 10 more years of life experience than me, and you're like, nothing's free. <laughs> There's Nothing. no free lunch. Not even brunch. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's free. So You got to tip some, even, even a free one, you got to tip somebody. I've gone through this whole thing, got my hopes up, thought they were giving away tickets to the national title game, and they ain't giving away nothing. You click the link, you fill it out, and if you are lucky – you will have an exclusive opportunity to buy four face value tickets. What is face value? What is a face value? 100, 100 bucks? 200? Whatever it is. All right, so here, here it is. I, I need some information. If you're listening to the show right now, I need some information. Either text it, call it, or tweet it. If you I have think it's going to have something to do with the demand. It, well... It, but it says face value, right? Isn't that the value written on the ticket when they print it? Yeah. So have they maybe not established that, you think? Well, I'm sure they haven't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Again, experience talking. <laughs> Let me be my, naive in my own world, please, Roger. No, I look, if you're listening. Let me and tell you, you folks from Tupelo something. No. <laughs> well, we did These talk. These big city boys, you got to watch them. <laughs> we did talk last week, though, about how everything's slower up here and there's some places like Mayberry. Everybody's a little more, uh, you know, what they call straight talking. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is if you're listening to the show and you've ever gone through the process of buying tickets to the national title game for college football, call me and let me know what your estimation of face value will be. If face value is $100 for each ticket, and it, even if it's in the nosebleeds, well, that's a pretty good investment. Because if you fill this out, you win the exclusive opportunity to buy the four tickets at face value. You turn around, you sell them for about yeah, you want to read that. ten times what they're worth, right? Yeah. Is there any clause in there where you can't be a Dog reseller? Gone. Here's more experience talking. Roger's just <laughs> you're the fireman today, are, are you Roger. Throwing these over the plate on purpose, Roger. You're just the fireman. You're like putting out all the heat. I'm like George Strait. You call me the fireman. Call me the fireman. <laughs> That's my there. name. You, got the, <laughs> you can do that little country thing, that wang to it. <laughs> Running <laughs> twang my wang. all over town. Sing it, George. All right, submissions. Putting out old flames. <laughs> Putting out old flames. What a great song. What a great song. And, it, and his real job? Honest to goodness, cowboy. <laughs> cool. A, yeah, George Strait, man. That movie, uh, what was it? What's the name of that movie that he was in? Real Country? Was that what, okay? I think that's right. I was thinking of the uh, other, the eight seconds, the one. Right. Uh, no, the, George Strait was in that movie, Real Country, and I'm gonna tell you why it's a good movie. And and you know how the whole movie built around the soundtrack to the movie, which he wrote and performed all of it. Great album. I hadn't thought about it in 25 years, but I got to go back and find all that. There's some, there's some really good stuff. How yeah. New Orleans note for folks listening here in Central Mississippi, if I could throw it out there. I just Let's hear it. Had a, had it handed to me, uh, Drew Brees is going to be at Mississippi College today. Oh, today? He's, yeah, he's doing a press conference over there. I don't know what he's going to be talking about, but he is going to be the guest speaker for a scholarship banquet tonight. So that's kind of a big get right there. That really is at MC. Choctaws. Way to go, MC, the Choctaws there in Clinton. All right. If you'd like to come down, I can hook you up. <laughs> Who, me? 
He hadn't been on the road enough this week. Oh, my gosh. Roger, I drove almost 900 miles this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday combined. Almost big nine. old expedition? Yeah. I mean, it's, look at it. Sips gas. Yeah. It's got 270,000 miles on it. I need new tires. It's been a great, great vehicle. Anyway. If anybody makes any offers on it, take it. <laughs> picking up what you're putting down there. I, I, You know, having one paid for is just such a luxury at this yeah. point in life. You know, I want it to continue to work. Uh, okay, let me just say here real quick again. If you go to this link, you want to go to the college football playoff, submissions of multiple applications with the same address, phone number, name, and email may be considered invalid. Please submit only one application per person or household. Accepted through the end of the month. Selected fans are going to be notified in the fall via email. I don't see anything on the initial entry. Okay, wait. Down here at the bottom, I agree to the privacy policy and terms and conditions, and I am not clicking that and reading all that crap. Who reads the terms and conditions? Really? Has anybody ever read that? No. Nobody who signed up for a timeshare. <laughs> Which this is starting to sound like, a little really small timeshare. Yeah, time. You don't well, know what the cost is to get in. You don't know how to get out. Can you resell it? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. You draw my name. And you give me the opportunity to buy four tickets at face value. Once I've bought them, they are mine. I can throw them in the fire if I want to. And if I want to turn around and sell those suckers on that secondary market, they ain't a dadgum thing anybody can do about it. Right. Well. So this is kind of like if folks out there in the sports book, Here's here's a little fun. It won't really even cost you anything. It <laughs> <laughs> hey, won't cost you until you win. You know, you take a play, chance. Pay when you win. You might win. Pay when you win. Exactly, Roger. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You really are the fireman today. You poured water <laughs> on all of my naivete, and now you're pouring water all over the gamblers. <laughs> Sorry. Dream crusher. I love it. <laughs> This time you don't even have to pay until you win. I crushed Jack. Well, we have a producer over here. Thought it'd be a good a good job opportunity to go to New Zealand to pick kiwi. I'd, I had to remind him they had the most stringent guest worker program in the world, and if you would if you would look into this stuff before you get your passports, you could save the money. Yeah, Debbie Downer, that is great. Hey, look, I'm eating healthy. It's a banana. Yeah, you know that's going to turn into sugar. <laughs> Are you drinking orange juice, which is pure, also pure sugar? <laughs> it's got vitamin C. It's good for me. Yeah, orange juice, uh, pure sugar. Also, give you heartburn. Go on, oh. guzzle it down. Drink up. <laughs> I, saw, I was getting breakfast today at a, at a deli, and this guy, had, he had getting his breakfast, and I had a gallon of orange juice. So I was, he's going to go out there and sweat and drink orange I know it, I know it tastes delicious. Oh, man. Yeah. Your insides. i tell you what. We're learning about what is good and what isn't. I, I had a standing in that intensive care room last week with my mother. She was not standing. And the uh, diabetic nutritionist was in there uh, running down all this stuff about food. And I really started to get an education. It proved to me at this point in my life how little I actually know about 
um, uh, nutrition and health. I mean, I get calories. I can get that. I can do that. It's basic math. Non-starchy vegetables, Roger, are good. Can you name a non-starchy vegetable? A non-starchy vegetable. Let me think. Well, green, leafy greens. Bingo. Um, I don't think an eggplant has too much, but I'm not I sure. I think you're right. I think that's on the list. It's a long list. If you look up non-starchy vegetables, it's a really long list of tomatoes. Goods. Good stuff that I like. Yes, exactly. That you like and that I like. And you can eat as much of it as you want until you're blue in the face for the most part. We're back to salad again for dieting. Salad. Yeah, but I mean like turnip greens. You can eat all the turnip greens you want as a diabetic. You ain't got to worry about it. Green beans. That's right, because you guys are having to really. Yes. You're kind of learning all about this new lifestyle Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank God she can still make grimes. Because you're there two kinds of people. People who like who can make greens, and people who really can't. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an art to it. Uh, there's an art, no doubt. The best store-bought in a can green beans you can find, the brand is Glory. I think is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. That's the best brand, in my opinion. All right. You're tuning in today and saying, listen, Matt and Roger are just – do they know the mics are on? I guarantee you, Roger. Aren't we in a break? <laughs> I guarantee you, somebody listening to this at some point thought, holy cow, they're in a commercial break, but the commercials aren't airing, and they're just talking, and it's over the air. No, that That's not so funny, because when we first started the show, mm-hmm. we found out that that our in-break conversation was getting oh broadcast on one of the stations. Thank, so thank goodness we keep it clean. Yeah, and that station doesn't exist anymore, That oh. which that might have been an early indication. Roger? Yeah. We may have done it in there. (laughs) Several things that Roger and I talked about during a commercial made it blaring over the air in North Mississippi. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, it was recruiting. Oh, my. I think we were talking recruiting. I think we spilled the beans on that. But it's not like we said anything nobody already knew or whatever. No, we didn't talk about anything recent. And only a few cuss words. I mean, you know. They asked me to do a men's group speech at the church, and I had to take a break and think, think about the statutes of limitation. <laughs> <laughs> and I've agreed in five years to be that speaker. <laughs> you going to wear your sins off in five years? You're able to run, run that statute out. <laughs> <laughs> what a great subject. Last week we were comparing Methodists, uh, Baptists, Episcopalians, <laughs> And now, which one's more likely to have a beer can opener on his key ring? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the Baptist. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely the Methodist. I don't know. No, we're gonna make we're gonna make somebody <laughs> mad either way. Yeah, we're gonna make them mad either way. Yeah. Now the conversation is: How long do you have to go before your sins wear off? You can get up and speak to people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I need to get rebaptized. <laughs> now we're back. Now we're really getting into the religious conversation, Roger. Right, right. About losing your salvation, which is a huge sticking point. Like, for example, you go up to, you ever been to Cades Cove up in Tennessee outside of Gatlinburg and that Sevierville area up in the mountains called Cades yes, Cove? Yes, I have actually. All right. Yes. It is an look. That's beautiful country up there. Just gorgeous. I never knew there were, were were creeks that weren't muddy. 
clear creeks. <laughs> you got bears yeah. walking around, deer and everything. It's like going back 200 years, which that's when people lived there 200 years ago. They settled it up in the middle of the mountains. Cage Cove, you know, in different families and all this. And you look at that and, and you go, why would a little community of people up here stuck off in a hole in the mountain? Why would they break off and have about four different churches right around here? I mean, it's a small area. You can walk to all of them. You got a Baptist, like a Methodist, you got a free will, <laughs> maybe one more. Oh, yeah. Free will. And, and you go like, right there. <laughs> it's just, hey, it's just an example that forever yeah. people have been unable to look at each other and say the following phrase I don't know. Period. <laughs> forever. They've been unable to look at each other and just go, man, I don't know. You could be right. I I could be right. We don't know for sure. Why don't well, they we just... hadn't even finished writing the Gospels, but they started arguing. Breaking off. About... They right. started breaking off those, from each other. devilish Gnostics over there. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a little deep into theology. <laughs> but what I'm saying, Roger, is it's an example of life. It's like sports yeah. fans arguing on Twitter and everything else. The inability. There's. We are all insecure to a certain level the most secure with the highest self-esteem individuals in the world still will reach a point where there's insecurity where they simply can't admit they don't know and and if people could just as back in the day instead of breaking off well look i i know i'm right and the other guy goes no you're wrong well fine then you worship over there and you have a church i'm gonna come over here and have mine i'm gonna name my church this Instead of just going, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just get together and worship together. <laughs> I, I think it has probably a lot to do with where, how people, where they came from before they got there. And what, what, what was their, their traditions? And they are different. It's, it's funny how sure. if you're on the outside looking in, you're like, what's the big, you know, like, you know what's the big difference? Yeah. And then often, most of the people who go that who can't tell you sure. why. <laughs> yeah. That's what, right. Reformers? Well, and a lot of. A lot of churches, you know, they, they kind of follow the crowd as opposed to the other way around. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, real quick, news in the sports world, and then I'm going to tell you who's going to be on your radio coming up. And I probably should go ahead now and apologize for my nasally condition on your radio today. I am under the weather going on a week. This cold thing I've got won't let me, won't turn me loose. Uh but that's why I have a cough button. I cough my head off, and you'll never hear it. Anyway, apology issued. Uh, coming up, well, in I the hate show, going visiting at the hospital. Man, look, hospitals you with you. Hospitals, schools, and airports. You go, you come back with a with a sickness just about every time. All right, uh, Chase Parham is going to be on the show later. He's going to help us recap Ole Miss sweeping Texas A and M in baseball, and then looking ahead, Ole Miss going to play at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg tomorrow night, Wednesday night. And then Scott Barry, the head coach at Southern Miss, is going to be on the show a little later, about an hour from now. And we're going to finish up today with a friend of mine up in Nashville, Austin Stanley. Austin uh, is a part of a show up there covering uh, Nashville sports, including the Tennessee Titans, called A to Z Sports. He's the A and the Z. And Austin is going to be on. We're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the Titans came in here and drafted two Mississippi boys who grew up about 25 miles from each other. 
They drafted Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State in the first round, and they drafted A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss in the second round. Brown from Starkville High School and Simmons from Knoxville County. Now they're teammates for the Tennessee Titans' first and second round draft picks. So we'll talk about that with Austin uh, coming up. Breaking news, Roger. Uh-oh. should have told me before. Yeah, I know. I don't mean you, you don't have to play that sound. Here, listen to this. Breaking news in the sports media world. Rest in peace, ESPN the magazine. ESPN is going to shut down the print version of the magazine this September. John Orand of Sports Business Daily tweeted, The money-losing publication launched in March of 1998. It was a money-losing publication, he says, and I'm sure they did. They were trying to keep up with Sports that, Illustrated. Is that Trump tweeting that out? <laughs> Sound like you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would, uh, would they quit? did they quit printing Playboy magazine? So, I mean, if Playboy can't make it as a magazine, it's over. Yeah, you think you're going to, you know, put send me a bunch of baseball players? Look, I've been getting that magazine in the mail for free for years and have no earthly idea. I've never paid for it. I don't know if somebody sent it to me or what. We've got it here for years, too. And I never even look at it. Never even look at it. Goes straight in the trash. It was basically a collection of their online stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So ESPN, the magazine, will shut it down in September. Just thought you ought to know. All right. Just getting started on this Tuesday. Stick around. Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. $127, according to the text line. on Ticket City for the national title game. That would be face value, according to a text from Kosciuszko. Thank you. Wondering that earlier. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Also, this show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer-inspired. I'm a C Spire customer. I got just a little bit of coffee left in the thermos. I sure could use some more. You don't care about my infirmities, though, do you? My sickness. You don't care. I wouldn't care if I were you. Just entertain me, Matt. I know. I'm doing my best. Thanks to Gator Nation and the mailman in Jackson. You're right. It was the movie, the movie uh, Pure Country we were talking about there. Pure Country. What did I say? Country something. I, I, I think you got it right. Did I? Eventually. I mean, I mean you know, you were, they probably answered while you were still yeah. uh, speculating. Yeah. Uh, Hogjowl on the text line says, Denominations are man-made, not from above. Very true. And Fluffy Bottoms raised an interesting question on the text line. He says, I got a question to pose for you, Matt. 
I asked this a couple times in a couple's group, and the room went quiet. Everybody changed the subject. If Christ said to love our enemies as we love God, does that mean we have to love the devil? I said, how about that? Yeah, well, I think, um, I don't think you're supposed to love the devil. (laughs) Pretty square on that one. He's not my neighbor. That's right. All right. Uh, So if you want to text the show, you can. It's easy to do. 885-ESPN. You see what you just did? Change the subject. (laughs) 885-3776. Well, it's just like many things. Say, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Why do I got to know everything? Why do you have to know everything? There's some irony there. Right. The Bible also says, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. In other words, you ain't supposed to know everything. (laughs) Jerry Clower told a story about his preacher. He kept trying to get him to go up an airplane. He never would do it. And he thought he he was going to throw him a a Bible verse challenge. And he said, Uh or, you know, so our biblical challenge, why don't you come? You know, the Lord, you know, watch it over you. You say, you know, he's protected you. He said, Mm -hmm. Jerry, the Bible clearly says, lo, (laughs) I am with you always. (laughs) It didn't say anything about up high, did it? No, he didn't. Hey, did you know that it also... Don't don't try to play Bible tag with a preacher. Not good. (laughs) Even though it was written probably 2,000 years ago, you know, the Old Testament mentions a Honda. (laughs) You know? No, I did not know that. Yes, I mean... It says they came in one the accord. The prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> it says they came in one accord, Roger. Reminds me of that other joke. <laughs> what was the occupation of the three wise men? They were firemen. Yeah, because they came from afar. <laughs> <laughs> we're figuring all this stuff out. Why Sorry, can't we laugh? People out there are like, this is the worst row of dad jokes ever. <laughs> Some pretty good ones right there. Jackson says, I said total country. The words total country never even came out of my mouth. Now, I might have said something else country other than pure country, but that one didn't. Hey, um, this is an anniversary day, sort of, kind of, sort of. Where am I going with this? Yeah. First of all, the two, if you're a Braves fan, the two most famous Joneses ever, Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones, are having a birthday today. Uh Chipper Jones was born on this day, April 30th, 1972, so he's turning 47, I think. And Andrew Jones, born on this day in 1977, so he's about to turn 42. Show is. On this day in 1995, though, 77-year-old Howard Cosell passed away. Hello again, everyone. It's good to have you with us for this event. It figures to be an exceptional one, one that doesn't need any buildup. The rest of Monday night is given over to those gargantuan goliaths of the gridiron for that bouncing behemoth ballet known better as professional football. But Davis couldn't handle. 
We look forward to this game. As cold as it is, my colleagues are not as suitably garbed as I am. They are younger. Oakland thought he could no longer throw the long ball. But watch him. Give him a weapon like double zero. Kenny Burrow, he'll do just that. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell. And it is the typically wind-blown candlestick park. And frankly, I am cold. There you go. <laughs> Howard Cosell. You know, maybe you have to be of a certain age to remember the voice. I I, I kind of shudder to think, Roger, that there are people uh, driving around voting, having babies and families that don't have one slight clue who Howard Cosell is. <laughs> you know? He kind of paved the way for uh, – he, he kind of changed the way the game was covered a little bit. Right. I mean, if you, not to break it all down, but, you know, he – He's such a storyteller yeah. also. Yeah. And yeah. the whole thing with him and Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Right, because they were these two opposite human beings. It was his, his life. It was his biography, autobiography. I'd never played the game. Yeah. Howard Cosell, that iconic voice. Howard Cosell. People have imitated him until they're just, we're all just blue in the face. But you know you kind of have this iconic voice if it is so unique that, number one, everybody wants to, but then, number two, everybody can impersonate you. How about that? Like, all you got to do is get close, and people go, oh, yeah, that's Howard Cosell. That's him. And also kind of shows you how much different it was back in the day when you'd have one or two huge sporting events on television a week, and it was everybody in the country watched it because it was the only thing you had. Everybody had... If you had access, if you had a television, it's the only sporting events you had access to. Monday Night Football there for a while and that kind of stuff. And the big heavyweight championship boxing matches and all that. He was just um, right in there, you know. And by today's standards, uh, I guess you know, relatively young, seventy-seven years old when he passed away. So uh, Howard Cosell died on April the thirtieth, nineteen ninety-five. And I just wonder going forward, it's going to be a little more hit or miss in over the next three decades. If you were to hit the fast forward button and wind us all into our 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then at that time, who are the iconic voices? Will there ever be any that are as iconic for their generations, as Howard Cosell was for his, and Keith Jackson. You don't think Musburger is Vin Scully. Too, too late. Yeah. I was going to mention Vin Scully, I think, oh, yeah. is for hours too. But, yeah, you know, Musburger, of course, he's kind of petering out now. He's getting, he's just kind of on his way out. So is our generation. <laughs> but, you know, like you look at the way now the college football fans, SEC fans, all um, honor – Vern Lundquist and call him Uncle Vern, you know, and they miss hearing his voice on that CBS game every weekend. But even CBS still, had some golden, golden voices over there. They really have, but even still, I don't think it's a thing where you're going to look up in 15 years and people are still going to be talking about Vern Lundquist. The, the way people do now, still, about Howard Cosell and Keith Jackson and 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 Vin Scully, those kind of guys. I I think Howard. More multidimensional. Well, no doubt. He could do anything. Anything. 
Hey, coming up, we'll talk baseball with Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com. That's next on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Stick around. The brooms, the brooms are worn out in the state of Mississippi after this past weekend. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. The big orange fleet, baby. Tractors, mowers, zero turns, everything. ATVs, Kubota. Get them at Divini. Divini and Madison, Divini and Jackson. Look them up online, DiviniEquipment.com. Or go by and check them out. My man Jonathan and Madison and Bruce down there in Jackson. Y'all go hit them up. Tell them I sent you. On the Divini phone is Chase Parham from RebelGrove.com, one of the hosts of the Oxford Exxon podcast. And he witnessed it. They got the brooms out in Oxford this past weekend. Ole Miss swept Texas A&M. And Chase, um, I mean, it kind of goes without saying that it was a good weekend anytime you sweep someone. But Ole Miss, they they look like a team that they step out there against other good teams and play really well, especially in their own ballpark. Yeah, if you can you can figure them out, you're a little better than me because they're eight and one this season uh, against probably the best teams they played. Arkansas, well, Florida's got talent, but they're down a little. Arkansas, Florida, and Texas A&M, kind of five and seven against everybody else. So who knows what that means for uh, for the next three weeks? But it was it was the way that you kind of draw it up when you look at this Ole Miss team. You know, what are they going to look like when they're successful? Well, they're pretty good starting pitching. They got that. Twenty one of the twenty nine innings over the course of the weekend were pitched by the three starters with Will Etheridge. Doug Nikhazy and Gunnar Hoagland, and then just had a lot of timely hitting, had a little guts to it. You know, you're you're down 3 nothing in the seventh on Thursday to John Doxicus. That's not a good position for you, and they, they come back. They find a way to get that thing into extra innings. Thomas Stewart gets the big hit. They kind of route them on, on Friday, and then they, they win another close one on Saturday. And, you know, that always kind of evens out, but it was a reversal of the weekend before that when they felt like they let a couple – go against Auburn, and what it did is it brought them back into at least host contention. They've got a lot of work to do. They, uh, they've got to finish with at least a winning record the rest of the way in SEC play. But instead of kind of being a mid-level two, they're at least back in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Chase, that's it for me. I, You know, I kind of go back and forth because I, I totally understand the fact that, yeah, an SEC title in the regular season is, yeah, you want to win it if you can. And the SEC tournament, sure, go win it if you can. But I always kind of stick to home base, which is kind of you want to be in a position to host in the postseason. And to me, that always seems like the most important thing. And Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe other people feel differently. First of all, how do you feel about that? And secondly, what kind of position is Ole Miss in as far as being able to host? Well, you know, 100% agree with you from just the overall scope, but from Ole Miss especially. You look at Mike Bianco's 19 years when they've played a regional in Oxford, they've advanced out of it more than they haven't. They've never won a road regional in Mike's 19 years, so it shows how important it is for them to play at home, especially at Swayze Field. Um, 
And, you know, and overall, they're okay. they got to go at least five and four. They might have to go six and three. They're at LSU. They've got Mississippi State at home, and then they go to Tennessee to finish it up. Pretty pretty tough places considering they haven't won a series in Baton Rouge since 1982. State's 11-2 against them in the last 13, and Tennessee can at least pitch it. So they got the work cut out for them, but there's a path here. Frankly, I think this weekend is as important as anything. A, because you need to kind of continue the momentum. B, because you're kind of competing against LSU for one of those host spots. Ole Miss and LSU have very similar resumes. They both got baffling losses. They're both somewhere in that 17 to 21 spot in the RPI, and They've got pretty good conference records. They're tied at second at 13 and 8 with Mississippi State as well. But I don't think both those teams host unless they really get hot. Since 2010, no SEC team has ever hosted with an RPI worse than 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you've got to keep coming. I think RPI is very important. For Ole Miss, Boyd's World, Warren Nolan, all those places, they tell you that even at 18 and 12, that's right on the bubble. That's somewhere in that 16 to 18 range. So even if they finish 5-4 and four the rest of the way and get to 18-12, and 12, which is the spot that Ole Miss has, uh, has always hosted for in the past. Since, uh, since 2002, half of the teams that have gotten to 17 wins have hosted 21 and 26. 21 out of 26 that finished with 18 wins have hosted. So you see how important that number is. And even for Ole Miss, that might not be enough. So they got to continue working toward this thing. Sure. Chase Parham on your radio right now. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't, at Rivals Chase. Um, and especially with what Ole Miss has coming up, it's, uh, it's a big deal with um, this midweek tomorrow. It's in Hattiesburg, right? Isn't that right at Pete Taylor? It yeah, it's, it's in Hattiesburg, and there's no doubt. You know, Ole Miss has kind of played themselves in a position for this to really matter. We just mentioned RPI a second ago. Well, Southern Miss has an RPI run around 40. It's a road game. It's the chance for another top 50 win. So I think, you know, sometimes we kind of disregard these things, but there's no sense regarding Ole Miss needs that win tomorrow at Hattiesburg. All right, so that's uh, tomorrow. Southern Miss going to host Ole Miss. Uh, the two teams met earlier in Pearl. Ole Miss beat the tar out of them, uh, 11-2. to Tougher deal to have to go there. But it's a week on the road and a trip this weekend down to LSU. We're going to get the Biancos back together in Baton Rouge, I guess, huh? Yeah, he's minimizing that as much as possible. He's been doing that for a while. Anytime somebody asks Mike about it, he goes, hey, it's Ole Miss against LSU. Let's not focus on that. But, you know, it does have to hit him a little bit on Friday when he gets to Baton Rouge, a place that he has tons of memories. He obviously played himself, a place they haven't had any success, and now his, his son's in the other dugout, and he's play a little better. There was a while there where Drew wasn't getting a lot of innings, but he's had a couple of big hits the last uh, the last couple of weeks, and I don't know that he's going to factor in much this weekend, but it's a it's a cool thing for Mike. It's also probably a little bit of a difficult thing. It's an odd, unique situation that he's had to navigate with his own fan base, with, with, with all the people involved there, but they I think they made a really intelligent decision because when you're the coach's kid, it can work, but you're never really one of the guys. You know what I mean? In the locker room and whatnot. So I think Mike was really, I thought he was determined and important to make sure that Drew's college career was as good as possible, and that probably included him not in the same dugout. Sure. So LSU on the road this coming weekend, then host state, and then finish up at Tennessee. So two of the last three series on the road. The one that is at home has always been super-duper competitive. And frankly, I guess I, I don't know if all the history, if I go back three, four years, I just know recently State's kind of had the better of the, the, the matchup. So it's, it's not an easy finishing stretch by any stretch of the imagination for Ole Miss. I mean, it's a pretty doggone tough stretch, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but that's really good for them because they needed those RP, you know RPI opportunities. If yeah. they finished up with you know Missouri, Kentucky, whoever's bad in the RPI at this point, 
it probably wouldn't have been enough, no matter unless they went seven and two and eight and one. So with old with LSU having a seventeen RPI, with State having a nine RPI, with with Tennessee still having a seven eight RPI, something like that, in the top ten despite being three games below five hundred in the SEC, that's that's frankly what they needed. So yeah, it's a tough road. It's not going to be an easy thing. But you look at it, LSU a little more susceptible than in past seasons. They look a lot like Ole Miss. Lineup doesn't always come together. They're dealing with Cole Henry being hurt. They're dealing with Zach Hess not being real consistent in the weekend rotation. So. If there's a Tiger team that is gettable in Alex Box, it might be this one. And then, yeah, it's just going to be a dogfight in Oxford. And then they finish up at Tennessee, which we thought would be a break when the season began. And I think it's a good matchup. But like I said, they pitch it. So Ole Miss is going to be really, really efficient offensively. And it's not the easiest place to go uh, late in the year when you might need a couple wins to get something important to happen. If you're listening, uh, follow Chase on Twitter. He is Rivals Chase. He's one of the hosts of the Oxford Exxon podcast, a part of rebelgrove.com. Chase, you are uh, very astute at following the RPI, do it year after year, kind of trying to you know gauge where teams are. For state, given that not this weekend but next, you're going to have the big state Ole Miss series. It'll be in Oxford. And, and state's at A&M this week, at Ole Miss the next week. So they're on the road from an RPI standpoint. That's good. How important, though, is that Ole Miss series going to be for State, given that they come back, they finish the year at home with a three-game series against South Carolina, who's a really bad RPI team? It's not as important as Ole Miss. I think because of the work they've done in the non-conference, only losing one or two games, you can tell me exactly what that is, but I know it's one or the other. Yeah. You know, Ole Miss has lost seven, so that gives State a much more of a cushion there. I think State's got a good resume to potentially even host at 17 wins. I think 18 locks it up. But I think even a four and five sentence puts the Bulldogs in pretty good situations, depending on how they go to Hoover and play. Probably don't want to get put out on Tuesday if you happen to play in those games. But otherwise, I think they're in pretty good shape. You look at the SEC. Two years ago, they got seven hosts. Last year, they got four. So the NCAA is not not worried about the number. They're willing to put as many that are merit based and deserving. And that's not always something to say about the NCAA. But I think they do a pretty good job of it from from a host school standpoint. The Saints just got to take care of their own resume. I, I don't think conference standing matters a whole lot. Yeah. I think if they get to 17, 18, they're in good shape. Because it's right now, there's going to be one in Nashville. There's going to be one in Fayetteville. There's going to be one in Athens. And I think Starkville probably number four on that list. And I would have it in the very, very safe category before you get to those next couple schools with Baton Rouge, Oxford, and then maybe even College Station kind of lingering in the, in the background. Okay. Really good stuff. Well, and um... – you know, it's interesting to hear it. It's hard, for for people like me who I've only kind of glanced at it over the years. It's really hard to predict. You know, it's hard to get a gauge on how it's going to ebb and flow. So I appreciate the uh, the insight. And we'll do this again. I appreciate your coverage, uh, Chase, and we'll be following along. I'll tell people how to find you on Twitter so they can follow along tomorrow night in Hattiesburg. Thank you. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. That's Chase Parham. Y'all follow him on Twitter, RebelGrove.com. He is Rivals Chase. So for Ole Miss, he thinks that series at home against State in two weekends is really more important for Ole Miss because of where they are in the RPI. State, he thinks, sitting there at 13 conference wins, if they get to 17 or 18 by the end of the year, he feels like that wraps it up. But you only have three weekends left, two of the three on the road. States at AM this weekend. Good stuff. That'll wrap up hour one. Hour two coming up. We'll talk with Scott Barry, head coach, Southern Miss Baseball. Stick around. You're listening to Rebel Grove.
listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.